All right, we've gotten a chance to know who the team is, and now we'll finally get to see what Nate McMillan's rotations are like. Yeah, we weigh everything. You know, what we see in practice, uh, what we see in the games, and, you know, we're going to try to get to the best combination as far as rotation that we can get to. Welcome, or welcome back to the Hawks Report. Uh, this is a podcast by the AJC that will give you the stories behind the score. I'm your host, Lauren Williams. I'm so grateful to have you guys here with me this morning, this afternoon, whenever you guys are listening to your podcast. And today I am going to have my handy dandy trusty producer with me, Daniel Salerson. We're going to be talking Hawks basketball today. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks for coming back. Happy to have you for the foreseeable future. Yeah, excited to be here and excited to see uh, what's in store for the Hawks, especially them playing overseas. But finally a chance for them to play someone other than themselves in training camp. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to us for the first time, please, please make sure to subscribe, rate, share. Um, you can find the podcasts wherever you get them, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You know, there are a ton of those out there. And uh, this is the Hawks Report by the AJC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, everyone. So we've got a lot to get to this morning, this afternoon, again, whenever you're listening to your podcast. Um, so we're going to start things off with a mailbag today. Daniel, what kind of questions did we get from our fans this week? We got a lot of questions. Some of them we're going to be able to uh, play here for you, and some of them we are not going to be able to play for you, but that's okay. You could follow Lauren on Twitter at WilliamsLaurenL. That's the best way to get your questions in every week. For the mailbag, uh, the first one we'll talk about is from at IanATL1. Any tangible changes to practice style that focuses team on defensive improvement? Yeah, so one, I've only been on this beat for a few months and I've only gotten a chance to see one full week of practice. So I'll answer the question as best as I can. And two, you know, the NBA, like the NFL can be you know, pretty secretive when it comes to schemes and, you know, reporters are only able to see a very small snippet of practice. You know, it can range from about five minutes of just seeing them shooting at the end of practice to maybe, you know, 15 minutes of seeing them do some drills and one-on-one work with coaches and player development staff. So, you know, it's, it's tough to see all of the defensive schemes that this team has been trying to put into place, but we got a chance to see a little bit of that at open practice on Wednesday. 
And by all accounts, it looks like the the defensive mindset is very much, you know, starting to get ingrained in some of these players. Again, it's not something that's going to be fixed overnight. It's it's muscle memory. It's going to take time to build that up so that it becomes muscle memory. So I think the open practice kind of gave us a little bit of a sense of where they are. I mean, Aaron and Justin Holiday definitely came as advertised. Um, you know, DeAndre Hunter, you know, he looked committed on defense. And I mean, one thing that, you know, gave me a little bit of hope is that we saw, you know, Trey Young get a block on, I mean, he's a rookie, but still it's a block nonetheless on Tyrese Martin. So, you know, we'll, we'll be able to see how how this stuff is paying off this week when you know they face off against the bucks but you know that's kind of where i am with with what we get to see uh in terms of you know how they're trying to get this team to buy into playing more defense and committing to defense consistently next question comes from at carson with four n's that's a pretty intense way to spell carson um Jalen Johnson's been kind of the talk of this training camp it seems like from media day all the way to now he's asked how many minutes per game should we expect to see Jalen Johnson the first month of the season yeah I mean you know last season Jalen played 5.5 minutes per game um for the entire season I think we can expect to see a pretty big jump especially now that you know this team has moved on from from Mo Harkless and you know Nate has very much said that Jalen is going to have to earn minutes, even though, you know, he also put in the same breath that that Jalen will get minutes. So I'm I'm going to take the sign, especially from what we heard in, you know, the first clip of this show, that they have seen what Jalen can do in practice and they're really impressed with it, which gave them, you know, the confidence that they don't need Mo at all. Obviously, there's some other things that played into that Mo Harkless trade, but you know, I think they've they've bought into Jalen, and I think we can see a significant amount of minutes from Jalen Johnson, maybe about twenty, twenty-two per game, maybe twenty-five. So it'll all depend, I think, when it comes down to matchups and and what the Hawks need game from a game-to-game basis. And you can hear from Jalen Johnson yourself later on in the show as Lawrence sits down with him one-on-one. Just a little bit of a tease for later on in the podcast. Let's go to another question at ATLLAEV or Mo WNBA Carnation. Any updates on the Hunter extension? I know that's another kind of talking point here for throughout training camp. You know, by all accounts, they've kind of, the, the, the team and even to an extent, Hunter ha- has let us know that, you know, the talks are still very much ongoing and I haven't heard anything new. And, um, you know, this team doesn't really like to let things leak out. And so until, you know, everything is buttoned up, I don't anticipate that we'll hear anything as far as, you know, what they're what they're expecting to give him. But I will say that, you know, Hunter's not particularly worried about it. He's more focused on playing the basketball side of things, and he's letting the people who make the negotiations happen, you know, make the negotiations happen. I think we got to get Adrian Wojnarowski on the podcast, <laughs> see if he can break some news in the middle of it. Right. That way we can that way we can make history here. Um, this is another one at 
Sunin underscore Bo. Will Bogey be ready for the start of the season? That's definitely the goal. You know, from what I've seen, he hasn't been a full participant in practices. And and that's based on what Nate McMillan has also said at practice as well. But we have gotten a chance to see him do a couple drills here and there. But the team wants to bring him along slowly through training camp. They don't want to rush anything, especially considering, you know, it was a knee surgery. So it's going to take time. And I can fully understand why they're taking the cautious route. But I think seeing him on the court doing a couple of drills, that's a good sign for, for where I think they want him to be right now. All right. And the last question from the mailbag Let's go to at not new to this different spelling, but we get the point. What's the team ceiling for you? I say in the toughest one for last. What is this team ceiling? I know it's only been a week uh, into training camp, but with this team on paper and what they've been able to put together with the addition of DeJounte Murray, where do you see this team ceiling? Yeah, I think it was ESPN that said that they saw them winning about 46 and a half games this season. And and it's hard not to agree with that. I I can definitely see them winning 46 to, you know, maybe even 48 games this season. You know, the beginning of the season is definitely kind to them, those first three games. Um, and then it's going to get very difficult from there on out, especially considering that you're going to be getting into the dock days of the season. There's going to be a lot more travel involved. But I, I think this team can be a very competitive team, especially with Murray in, in the fold. And, you know, by, by all accounts, it sounds like this team has bought into Murray's leadership. And so, I mean, not only with the upgrades from Murray, but the defensive upgrades from Aaron Holiday and Justin Holiday, I think, you know, will get these, these guys into the right mindset. And I think with DeAndre Hunter, you know, taking a step forward, if he can take that step forward, I think that will bode well for this team. So I could see them, you know, if they're not in the playoffs as a sixth seed, I could see them knocking on the door of the playoffs as, you know, maybe the seventh or eighth seed. It's it's just this Eastern Conference is so freaking tough. So it's it's just really hard to see how this team is going to match up with everyone on paper if every single team in the Eastern Conference is healthy by the time, let's say, January rolls around. Yeah, it's 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 a beast. <laughs> the East is beast. The West seems like, you know, for a long time here that mm-hmm. they were kind of the deeper conference, but I yep. feel like they're more top-heavy now, and the East is a little deeper as far as how many teams can actually legitimately contend okay. for an Eastern Conference championship. So that's where I think... Mm-hmm. The Hawks might be a five or six seed, but that doesn't mean that they can't go far like they did a couple of years ago. So I think that's what's interesting ab- about this team. And and before um, we end the yeah. mailbag, I have a question for you. Um, this is not <laughs> I didn't tweet it to you. I figured I'd talk to you right here. But, you know, mm-hmm. with these games overseas, kind of what should fans kind of look for when trying to evaluate this team through these two mm-hmm. these two games? Because. It's tough when you when Nate McMillan has one goal for these. You probably as a fan have another goal of what you want to see. So how should fans kind of watch these and try to evaluate on their mm-hmm. own how this team might look come this season? Yeah, I think that they should definitely start to be looking for how this starting five is kind of meshing together. Obviously, it, everything's not going to be perfect. It's 
a preseason game. But you want to see that they have the bare bones when it comes to chemistry. And from what I've been able to see in practice, it does look like they get along at least on a non-professional level, which I think is a really healthy basis for for a team. Obviously, you want them to like each other. So I think if, you know, Trey and John can continue to have that great chemistry that they had last season, you know, all these seasons leading up to this, and now you factor in DeJounte, um, and DeAndre is also playing really well, and Clint's playing really well. You just want to see a bare bones that this team can mesh well together. I think that's starting point number one. And then I also want them to, you know, take a look at the bench. I mean, we're not going to get a chance to see Jalen Johnson because he was dealing with some flu-like symptoms before the team was getting ready to leave for Abu Dhabi. So they decided that, you know, it was better for him to stay behind. Um, That's not to say that he won't play in Abu Dhabi at all. You know, maybe that second preseason game, Um, they're going to evaluate and see where things stand. And, you know, I'll definitely check on that to see, you know, if they've brought him over in the next or plan to bring him over in the next couple of days. But um, definitely looking at that second unit, how how can Justin Holiday and, and Aaron Holiday kind of be, you know, a bit of bit of leaders um, when Trey and DeJounte are off the floor? How can they help guide these young players like you know, Onyeka Okongwu or AJ Griffin, Tyrese Martin, how can they help guide them to become a bit of a cohesive unit? Because that's that's kind of hard when you have to have, you know, two veteran guys guiding, you know, young third year rookie players um, throughout a matchup against even more experienced players. And I got a chance to look at that Milwaukee game um, last night when they played, I believe it was the... Was it the Grizzlies? No, it wasn't the Grizzlies. Yeah, it was a it was the Grizzlies. And um, you know, that unit, that that team is is very deep. I mean, they didn't play obviously Giannis, but that is a very very deep team. And so that's something that obviously the Hawks are going to want um to guide these players toward is being a team that can be as deep as, you know, some of these other teams in the Eastern Conference. All right, good stuff there. That is your mailbag for this week. I uh, kind of made, I probably had the longest question for you. I apologize for that, but you can follow Lauren on Twitter at Williams Lauren L. So um, good stuff there, and we hope to hear from you uh, next week when we do it. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Hip hop is a product of black people, it's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. So I just want to welcome everyone back to the show. I'm so grateful 
for all of the listeners that tune in each and every week to our episodes and the content that we're putting out. You know, this is thanks to you guys. This is how we continue to make this possible and and make the best show that we possibly can. So I just wanted to take this time to say that if you aren't a subscriber to the AJC, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. And your first month of unlimited digital access is going to be only 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. All right. Now that we've gotten the housekeeping out of the way, you know, the Hawks have gotten a chance to have their first full week of practice. Um, Obviously, they're still practicing while they're over in Abu Dhabi. I'm just, you know, here back in Atlanta. So I'm not going to get a chance to see everything that's happening over there. So I'll be watching the game from my couch, just like the rest of you guys. But, you know, what's apparent is that this team they very much are excited and really thrilled to get back into competition. I mean, we've gotten a chance to see kind of a glimpse of of what they look like a little bit at that open practice last week. And I have to say, I'm pretty excited to see what DeAndre Hunter will look like up against another opponent. I mean, he was just kind of shredding (laughs) his teammates. I believe he ended the open practice those um, first two 12-minute quarters with 18 points, and he was just knocking shots down. It just seemed like every time he had the ball in his hands, he he was finding the basket. And, And so I feel like that's that's very promising, hopefully, for for what's to come this season. He can do that consistently. And, you know, of course, we had a new addition. We talked a little bit about him uh, in the mailbag segment, Mr. Aaron Holiday, and the defense that he's going to bring to this team. And, you know, unfortunately, Deon- or DeJounte didn't get a chance to participate in the open practice on Wednesday. He was dealing with some flu-like symptoms And so the team, you know, told him to just kind of stay away from the facility, get better and, you know, then come back. But, you know, that didn't mean that Aaron Holiday didn't get a chance to play a little bit with both DeJounte and Trey throughout training camp. And kind of here's what he had to say about what that's been like for him and, and what he what his expectations are for it going forward. I mean, me playing out there with them, mm-hmm. I can play with either or. I mean, I can play off the ball, on the ball, it doesn't really matter. So I'm just going to go out there and play, and whatever happens, happens. Um, whether I'm at the point or the two guard, I think we can gel well together on defense and offense. So, you know, I think that when you have a healthy depth of guards on your roster, I feel like that's, you know, a really, really good direction to be in. And especially when you have, you know, a defensive-minded guard like Aaron Holiday in the fold. I think that's exactly what this team needs, especially if it needs a little bit of an injection of defensive power. You can pair him kind of with, obviously, DeJounte, possibly his brother, or obviously his, you know, starter, DeAndre Hunter, and kind of fill out the rest of the rotation from there, depending on length and size of opponents. But I think it's it's just really fun to kind of have another defensive-minded guard in there. Oh, also, obviously, 
Bogdan Bogdanovich. I can't believe I forgot about him. I think maybe because he hasn't been fully healthy for training camp, he kind of slips through the cracks a little bit. But, you know, there's several players on this team that you can pair Aaron Holiday with, and, and it'll be kind of the defensive punch that this team has been missing in the past. And so it'll be interesting to see how everything shakes out with the rotations going forward. But another player that maybe won't factor a lot into the rotation, but could just because of his presence beyond the arc is rookie AJ Griffin. You know, Griffin has been battling injuries for a little bit of his time in Atlanta. Um, You know, obviously he missed summer league because of some foot discomfort. He was dealing with a mild sprain last week. And so the team kept him out of some practices for precautionary reasons. He missed the open practice on Wednesday, but he was finally able to get back into the gym. And, you know, here's what Nate had to say about welcoming AJ back to his first full practice. Well, he hasn't had the opportunity to play, so it was really his first time getting out there, and he's anxious to get out there. You know, he missed summer league this year, and then he yeah. missed the first part of uh, of training camp. So he was excited to just get out there and play with his his teammates. And uh, you know, I like what I saw. It was good to see him out there. You know, obviously with AJ's injury history, it's understandable why the team would want to take a precautionary route with him, but. Hearing that he's back in practice, being able to fully participate, obviously you want your rookie to get as much time with these experienced veterans as possible. But, you know, from what we have been able to see, which is mostly just him working on his shooting, doing a couple of drills here and there, he he looked pretty good. He, he looked like he had a, a pretty healthy bounce. So we'll be able to get a chance to hopefully see what that healthy bounce looks like against other capable stars in the NBA. Um, You know, it's hard to not anticipate, you know, the starters from Milwaukee kind of playing a couple of minutes in the preseason game, um, even if they don't play the rest of the series in Abu Dhabi. But, you know, you want to be able to see AJ get a couple of, you know, solid minutes in there, especially because this team wants him to develop into into something that, you know, is hopefully for the future of this franchise. But, you know, we got a chance to add in another guard, you know, going back to talking about this healthy healthy depth of guards that this team, this Atlanta Hawks team has is is Veet Krejci. Um, As we mentioned, the the team traded Mo Harkless to uh, Oklahoma City uh, on Tuesday last week. And in exchange, they got V. Krejci. He's a 6'8 guard from the Czech Republic. And, you know, it's hard not to want to have a little bit of size in your backcourt. But also, he he seems like he could possibly move up to the three if they needed to, to um, you know, utilize some versatility from him. And so we got a chance to talk to V, you know, following his trade and we, we got a chance to hear what that process was like for him. It was Tuesday, um, coming to the practice, you know, Sam just called me and, um, you know, told me that the trade happened and then that, uh, that the Atlanta would call me and we figure things out. So that was, that was it. So, you know, obviously we know in the NBA that it's a business 
but it's also kind of a, a whirlwind of a business. I mean, one minute you're showing up to practice, the next minute you're going to be, you learn that you're going to be suiting up for a whole new team. And, and V kind of gave us a little bit of an inside look with that quote there about how quickly things unfolded. And, you know, he also had to deal with the fact that one minute he didn't know he was going to be doing an international preseason trip and the next minute he was. Um, so with that, you know, the Hawks had to obviously get his uh, travel documents in, in gear or or at least just double check that everything was up to date. He had all of his vaccination information up to date so that he could obviously join this team you know, out there in Abu Dhabi. And it'll be interesting to see, and I keep using that I word interesting, but you know, it'll be, it'll be fun to see how he fits with this roster. I mean, he has a lot of length, he's got good size. And again, he, he has the versatility to move, you know, up or down from two or three or from two to two, three, which is obviously from shooting guard to small forward. So, uh, I think, the sky's the limit with the possibilities that this team could have with with him. And obviously you want to add a lot of versatility where, where we can. So part of that versatility, part of being able to show that versatility is making sure he's getting time to know his new teammates and, and what best works with them and, and figuring out what, so, so to speak, the rules are of working in Atlanta versus working in OKC. And here's kind of how what he talked about when he he shared that process of of figuring things out uh yeah i mean you know we haven't had much much time to do that yet but uh, you know we're just excited to meet the guys to get on code and obviously it's going to take some time to get to know them you know but um i feel like the general rules are the same mm-hmm. you know so it's just a matter of matter of knowing the guys and you know figuring it out so just to remind you guys of that context he was traded on Tuesday. He showed up in Atlanta on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, and he had his first practice with the team on Thursday morning. So that's not a lot of time for him to obviously get to know his teammates, but he'll have at least, you know, the rest of training camp, these first couple of preseason games in Abu Dhabi, to do so. The team, they left Friday afternoon for Abu Dhabi and they'll be there until about next sat or this coming Saturday, um, next Sunday. So that's about 10 days of spending time with teammates and, and getting to know each other. So, you know, the team has talked a lot about how that will overall help their camaraderie and, and, and build a sense of cohesion um, among, you know, all of the people on that roster, all 20 people on that roster. Um, obviously it, it'll change a little bit when cut down day happens and, and they have to get rid of a few people, but you know, for, for V Krejci's sake, he'll have a lot of time to, to get to know everyone, but you know, to get to what you guys, I'm sure we're waiting to, to get to Jalen Johnson, you'll get a chance to to hear from the man himself uh, about, you know, maturing and, and getting ready for, for this season. Lauren, bef- before we get to yeah. that interview with Jalen Johnson, I have to ask you, and I know this is not the mailbag, but I do want to ask you another question is 
Did Mo Harkless set the record for most teams <laughs> being on in a span of 24 hours? Did he even go to Oklahoma City because he got traded right away to the Houston Rockets? Um, did they tell him don't even pack? Yeah. You know, you're you're getting traded again. I mean, that that process is great. Look, he could be traded again yeah. while we're taping this. We don't even know. So uh, it's just crazy that on one side you have Veet coming here and yeah. talking about getting to know teammates. Mo didn't even know what team he was going to be on. And they're a week away from playing preseason games. I know. I, you know, I don't think that Mo has set the record for, for you know, fewest amount of, te- or most amount of teams in the span of 24 hours. Because I believe a couple years ago, um, you know, the Pistons traded for Trevor uh, Ariza and then traded him. And then he got traded again. And then again, and ended up signing somewhere else. I think it was L.A. the Lakers on a on a, a one year deal. So you know, who knows? Mo might end up getting to sign somewhere on a one year deal. <laughs> he might not even touch down in in Houston. <laughs> so if he didn't play a game or a minute or didn't even s- sniff the court with Oklahoma City, do you mm-hmm. say former Oklahoma City Thunder forward Mo Harkless? <laughs> Or does that even does it even count that he was a part of the team? I think it counts. I think it okay. counts. I mean, see, I'd want a jersey then. If you're gonna have, <laughs> if you're gonna be one of those guys that has your your man cave or your where all your jerseys are from what teams you yeah. played on, I want a you thunder want one, Oklahoma. at least for the trouble. At I feel like that's jersey. one of those that you have to get custom made. Yeah. I don't think the team store. I don't think the team store putting any orders for that one. It's the least <laughs> they can do, right? For, for training you right when they get you. I mean that that's just my two cents. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna be on this case. I'm gonna make sure Mo gets his yeah. Thunder jersey before the season ends. You go ahead and let Sam Presti know. <laughs> I got him on speed dial. I'll let you know. All right. Sounds good. So now after all of those Mo Harkless jokes, which I know is why you guys decided to stick around if you have here is my, you know, one-on-one chat with with Jalen. We got a chance to to kind of talk about his recovery and, you know, what he anticipates this season will be like for him. So I'm just kind of curious. I mean, when you had the procedure on your knee, tendonitis isn't something that just kind of like goes away. Yeah. So what kind of tools did they give you to kind of manage it going forward? Yeah, I think the main thing was just making sure I keep my quad strong okay. and my hips strong. You know, because that's those are two main things to keep your knees stable. So just really re-strengthening that, um, making sure, um, you know, I'm doing all the things right uh, recovery-wise as well, making sure I'm taking care of it after I'm done working out. So, you know, that's kind of been the process with it. So, yeah. You talked a little bit about, and Nate has mentioned it as well, that you've kind of walked into this season a little bit differently. So I guess what do you credit that maturity or the maturation process? Like, how do you feel like you've matured this season? Uh, I think it's just really, uh, it all played a big part last year, you know, uh, credit the organization, but I also give credit to myself. You know, yeah. it was a big growing up phase for me, yeah. um, you know, just kind of being down there, you know, you had to. Because, you know, this is where I wanted to be at the end of the day. So, you know, that's kind of the mindset I had coming into this season. Just be confident in who I am because I know what I'm capable of doing. So that's kind of uh, my mindset. What would you say the, like, kind of wake-up moment was for you when you realized that you kind of had to get things clicking in order to be successful? Yeah, I think it was just kind of all the input everybody was giving me from the coaches to the players. 
you know, my main thing was, you know, picking it up on defense, picking it up on other things, you know. My game is there, skill set's there, just kind of understanding the game at the NBA level. Uh, it's much different than the college and the high school. So really being able to pick up um, from the older guys and the vets um, and see what they do, um, which helps them stay on the floor. So just trying to pick up after that. How do you feel kind of having that playoff experience contributed to you kind of growing up a little bit in this league? I know that was something uh, when we made the playoffs last year. I know I didn't want to not be a part of that. Yeah. I know I wanted to play in that. Um, so I'm just I did whatever I can, you know, to put myself in a position, um, you know, for to have coach trust me enough to put me in the game, um, you know, because at the end of the day, I want to be able to play in those type of environments. Um, so yeah. I mean, there are a lot of vets kind of coming in this season who play a position similar to you. And obviously you play the same position as John. So Nate has talked about how are you going to set yourself apart? What what was that meeting like to kind of, I guess, give you the right amount of hype that you needed to set yourself apart? Yeah, I think uh, just kind of understanding what I do best. Yeah. Um, you know, using my versi- versatility to my advantage. Um, you know, get the ball in transition and push it. You know, that's one of my main strengths. Uh, uh, it's creative for others. So, yeah. uh, you know, me and John are two different players. He's a good, pl- great player as well. So just be able to have that um, two really good power forwards, forwards, whatever you may call it, uh, just to uh, bring those two aspects to the game and to the to the team, I think will help us a lot. And when I looked at, you know, what you did at Duke a couple of years ago, you shot 44% from three. Obviously, it was a little bit harder with the speed of the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I guess how things kind of slowed down for you a little bit to maybe getting more volume and obviously a higher percentage. Yeah, you know, I didn't take that many shots yeah. at Duke. So, yeah. you know, that percentage, you know, could have been a little deceiving. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm definitely not the shooter I am yeah. today than I was then. So. I got a lot better with it, um, you, re, you know, really breaking it down, especially during this procedure I had this summer. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of time to correct a lot of things with my jump shot, making sure it was, um, you know, as sharp as possible and tweaking a few things, you know, to be able to shoot at a high level because that's what you need in uh, today's game, to be able to shoot at a high level because that's the way the game is going and the direction it's heading in. So just to be able to uh, have that and add that to my arsenal, I think that's uh, uh, vital. And now you guys have a guy like Kyle Korver who was known to be an elite shooter when he was in the league. So have you been able to have any meetings with him so far to kind of pick his brain and what tips has he been able to Oh, yeah, to me and Kyle have been shooting a lot together. So, oh, yeah? yeah, I'm definitely um, trying to take as many tips and uh, as much advice as I can from him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's helped me a lot so far. You know, yeah. and, uh, We've worked out a lot together so far, you know, just um, the four to five on fives and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, I credit him, too, with it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just me being confident in my work. So yeah. just being able to put that on the court, um, I think that's huge. What's the advice that he's given you that's kind of stuck the most? It's a lot of things. He just tells me be sharp with my feet. Uh, that's the main thing. Um, it's just not really too much that he tells me. It's just little small minor things that, you okay. know, you don't really think of as a as a guy who is not an elite shooter. So just kind of um, hearing him say that and then actually putting it uh, to the test. Uh, you see you see why it works. You see why he was an elite shooter. Um, and, you know, just uh, to be able to pick his brain uh, has been great. So, again, I know a lot of you guys are excited to see you know, what step Jalen Johnson takes moving forward. I think we all are excited to see him take a step uh, moving forward, but it'll be a little bit of time to for us to see where he is as he recovers from that illness. But, you know, 
We'll be back here next week to talk about what we saw in those first three preseason games. So, you know, maybe Jalen Johnson (laughs) will be in the mix of that and we'll get a chance to dissect what we saw from him. But until then, I encourage you all to, you know, rate, subscribe, review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And I'm so happy that you guys stuck with us uh, all the way through this show. Um, This is Lauren Williams, and you guys are listening to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.